Hello, my name is Rusty Lee Thomas, founder and director of Elijah Ministries. Over 20 years ago, I watched a video called The Massacre of Innocence by Eric Homburg. As I watched this powerful film, I was initially impressed with its format. Eric took the time to trace the biblical roots of child sacrifice and then delved into the social, political, and cultural fallout that this sin against God and this crime against humanity have produced in our beleaguered nation. It was the second part of the tape, however, that would dramatically impact my life and change my service to God forever. You see, there were times as a pastor I had spoken out against abortion, even from the church pulpit. But up until the time I witnessed this tape, Abortion was still just a word to debate. Even though I was saying with my lips, abortion was murder. I had never acted like someone was truly dying. Somehow the reality of child killing never struck the proper moral chord that would move me to fulfill my biblical responsibility to rescue those unjustly sentenced to death and to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Well, Everything changed that fateful evening. As the tape continued, the conviction of God upon my soul intensified. Suddenly a song came on called, Hell is for Children. As the song decrying child abuse sounded forth, images of aborted babies were flashed upon the screen. Quite frankly, it was overwhelming. My soul could not absorb the magnitude of the evil I was witnessing before my very eyes. Again, abortion to this point was a word we argued about. But now the hellish reality was oppressed upon my mind, and for the life of me, I couldn't erase it. The impact was so great, I had to turn off the tape. I ran to my bedroom and fell prostrate before the Lord. And I'm not talking crying and weeping here but a wailing so intense that my physical chest hurt. I could not for the life of me reconcile in my troubled mind how the nation I loved descended into this wicked condition that was drowning us in a sea of blood and perversion. Like Isaiah of old, I was undone. I had seen the Lord in his mind concerning this abomination, and I have spent the last several years fighting for the souls of men the lives of these precious children, and for the very future of America. Now, the new title for the Massacre of Innocent sequel is called The Abortion Matrix. And as you will soon see, the new title is entirely fitting. Not only because it references abortion's specific target, the sacred matrix where man, created in the image of God, is formed, it also implies the existence of a conspiracy, a matrix of seemingly disparate forces that are driving this Holocaust. You're about to learn this is precisely what is going on. And lastly, for many, the title echoes back to the seminal film of a decade ago, where a man is taken on a journey of discovery, where he learns that things are not always as they appear to be. May God use the abortion matrix to break your heart, open your eyes, and reveal to you 
just how deep the rabbit hole goes. I've got two daughters, nine, year old, nine years old and six years old. If they make a mistake, I don't want them punished with a baby. President Nixon tells aide Chuck Colson that abortion is needed in some cases. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you were really pro-life, if you were really for life, you would want to put every doctor and every mother as an accessory to murder in prison. And you won't say you want to do that because you know you wouldn't have a lick of political support. Now, a fetus is technically a parasite, so abortion is like removing a tapeworm. At the time Roe was decided, there was concern about the population growth, and uh, particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. We really need to get over this love affair with the fetus and start worrying about children. The most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Answering that question with specificity is uh, above my pay grade. Well, I personally believe that abortion is murder, but I would never impose my morality on others. It's their choice. I accept the church's teaching on abortion. Must I insist that you do? You practice your religion and let me practice mine. My religion is a holy ritual of child sacrifice. On August 4th, 1992, Two employees of Aware Women's Center for Choice registered a nonprofit religious organization known as the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida. The stated purpose of the WRCF is to provide an umbrella organization for witch covens throughout the state. The incorporation papers list two abortion clinic employees, Veronica Jordan and Rebecca Morris, as its directors. Shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded, Carol Evie, another Aware Woman Abortion Clinic employee, ordered this book entitled The Sacrament of Abortion. The book, authored by Jeanette Paris, presents abortion as, quote, a sacred act, end quote. Paris calls abortion a sacrifice to Artemis, who refuses to give life if the gift is not pure. The January 1993 issue of the Wiccan Open Circle Newsletter described the founding of the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida. A year ago, the dream of an umbrella group under which many covens would function and be committed to peace and harmony for the good of all was just that, a dream. But now it is a reality, 
and a very, very big part of the lives of many people. This same newsletter, published at the time the pro-life organization, Operation Rescue National, held an event in Melbourne, Florida, alerted Central Florida area Wiccans and Pagans. Steps are being taken to protect not only aware women, but a woman's right to choose. Work is being done mundanely, financially, and magically to help get through the next few months and beyond. Readers of Open Circle were encouraged to become clinic escorts and were told how they could help fund the South Brevard National Organization of Women's program to help low-income women have abortions. Wiccans were also encouraged to work their magic on the area surrounding the Aware Women's Abortion Clinic. Many individuals and groups have been helping to magically protect the building and property. This has been done by magical and psychic shielding being put on and around the property. Those who favor choice tend to be non-religious, and a whole lot of them, the activists, the escorts at clinics and so forth, are pagans, overtly pagan. And so we, we have a religious war, in a sense, going on. I now consider abortion to be a major blessing and to be a sacrament in the hand of women. Abortion is a sacrament in the hand of women. Is this just an aberration, a bizarre but one-of-a-kind example of an abortion clinic that happens to have ties to a witch's coven? Or is it representative of something deeper, more sinister, and yes, even endemic to the entire abortion movement? When we consider abortion, most people immediately think of the medical procedure with all its profound social and political implications. These have and will continue to be well-known, discussed, and debated. But what few understand are the deeper spiritual realities that swirl beneath its surface. And it's here, when we pull the lid off and examine this ancient procedure from a biblical and spiritual perspective, its far greater implications are revealed. And that is precisely what we will attempt to do in this presentation, to gain an eternal, God's-eye view on what has become one of the most common medical procedures in the world. For those with eyes to see and hearts to understand and obey, abortion will no longer be just a political or social issue. It will be seen as a key component in a vast spiritual conspiracy, one rooted in paganism and the tradition of child sacrifice, one that manifests the very essence and power of hell itself and one that will ultimately determine if the nation that practices it will live or die. The abortion matrix is made up of short, separate, but interconnected chapters. Individual essays that examine the reality and ramifications of abortion from a number of what we trust are interesting, compelling, albeit very sobering, perspectives. In this, it lends itself perfectly to repeated viewings with discussion and prayer in Sunday school, home church, classroom, or devotional settings. And both the conclusion as well as the extras on this DVD are replete with all manner of action items so that you can be a doer as well as a hearer of the Word of God. And one last thing before we get started. By virtue of our subject matter, 
What follows will not be pretty, pleasant, or accommodating for anyone. Like the many documentaries about the final solution and the Nazi death camps, this presentation simply seeks to bring this new Holocaust into the light so that the murders will one day stop and we can echo the cry of those who saw what happened at Dachau, Treblinka, and Auschwitz. Never again. So be forewarned. This program is intense and may not be suitable for younger viewers. But more than just the young, I want to also caution those of you who have either had or in some way participated in an abortion to prepare yourself for what may be a rough ride. Likely your heart will be open and you will better understand what really happened when you exercise your so-called right to choose. That understanding will hurt. But to paraphrase Jesus, no one can ascend until they first descend. You can never know the full magnitude of the light until you face the darkness, neither the full force of forgiveness until you understand your sin. I should know. I'm one of those people. And I would encourage you, if you're one as well, to lay hold of the Bible's good and gracious promises. Among them, that those who've been forgiven much can and should love all the more. And the forgiveness and love the Lord can pour into your heart can not only set you free, it can make you all the more effective as an instrument of righteousness in this great battle for life.